Hello, and welcome to Art Rebound, the podcast exploring stories of resilience from the creative frontline. I'm Susan Maddox, artist, designer, and your host, as we get into the lives and careers of incredible artists. We'll be taking inspiration from the inevitable ups and downs of their journeys and the ways in which they nurture their own creative resilience. I hope these stories will inspire you and maybe even help you on your own creative path. Let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm talking to my wonderful friend, Kylan O'Brien, who is an artist that I've known for quite a long time now. She lives in New York City and makes really wonderful spiritual paintings and also has been doing some pretty amazing tarot readings. She's also a feng shui (laughs) expert. See, Kylan, you got to help me out with these things. (laughs) You do so many wonderful things. And yeah, I've known Kylan for. God, I don't know. I I actually am not quite sure how long. That's how long it is. Maybe 12 years, maybe longer. It's something like that. Something like that. But we used to go to uh, openings together and look at art together and talk about everything together in New York when I lived there. Kylan, welcome. Thank you so much for talking with me today. And we're calling Kylan in New York. Hi, Kylan. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me today. I love that you asked me. No, I love that you asked me to do this. You know, you were my, probably my first official art buddy, really. Like we, we, and this is, you know, not, I'm not talking about like art school and stuff, but you were the first person that when I started to get really serious about like getting out of the studio and launching my career as a professional you were just right there with me going to all the openings, doing everything, running around. And God, I don't yes. know how we did it, how we did it with like little kids. And like, I don't know. But we did. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And here we are. And um, we're having yeah. careers that don't suck, which is pretty amazing. too. <laughs> like, it's pretty amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But I love you. And I do. it is weird to think about how long I've known you. So mm-hmm. um, I know it feels like lifetimes, honestly. It's awesome. It is mm-hmm. it's amazing. We could go there if you want to. <laughs> today we're actually going to talk about past lives no. yeah exactly that sounds fun well maybe another time um another time yeah so just to give people an idea so you're in new york and you're still in your loft in dumbo right i am yeah yeah, yeah. So and like me- what what the hell do i do <laughs> what am tell i doing a little bit about your studio it's in the loft right it is i have one of those like totally heaven sent live work situations in Brooklyn and in Dumbo too, which is even more ridiculous. Like Uh I'm actually still in a loft in an, like an, it's still actually like, Oh, there's a working factory on the first two floors. Yeah. So we're here and have been here for quite some time. And like, you know, we're like dug in like ticks, (laughs) right? um, you know how hard, because of my feng shui, um, because of my feng shui work, you know how hard I've worked on this space as well. And it's really beautiful. And I do have like a, a, like skylight filled, I'd say about 300 square foot, you know, just dedicated studio apart from the rest of my living space, which is pretty fucking fantastic you i don't know do you need to do you need to bleep out the swear words we don't need this isn't pg i don't think so yet <laughs> i'll do my best um, you know i'm a little bit of a i'm a little bit of a sailor you know <laughs> that's okay kylan just yeah. be your, bring you know, yourself potty mouth it's cool 
Yeah, I love swearing too, actually. But I do all the things here and and I'm so, so lucky and grateful to have the space to do all the things because my work really is truly multidisciplinary at this point. So it's sort of like, oh, I want to do this installation and to have really to have the sort of like the private space and the access to it. And especially when I was raising my daughter, I mean, to be able to just to be able to work at home was huge. Right. But to be able to kind of do whatever I want in that space and not have to worry about it being a shared studio or that kind of thing is a true luxury. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've carved out multiple bizarre installations in there now to like try them out. Yeah. Like things like that. And then of course the paint things like my paintings as yours, I, I love that you call them virtual. Like now I'm like, now I'm a spiritual. Now that I have like a YouTube channel where I'm doing, right. I'm doing tarot readings on YouTube, you guys, like that's a real thing. You like that happens. It's like it sure is. Like, one word. You get your free tarot readings. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. But like now that like I'm sort of crossing over and allowing to do that because with this, you know, I've had this focus on my work for a while being like remedy, being sort of medicinal and, and not like art therapy, but like really as like looking at the potency of art and seeing how that potency can actually have a medicinal effect on like, if you look at like dis-ease, uh-huh. it's like a hyphened word, uh-huh. you know, and how it affects people sort of in general. So having that, having that studio space as well, like as a painter, because my paintings are becoming more medicinal and I'm dealing with, like now I'm doing these, like they're based on like mathematical equations of the astrophysics of like black holes. <laughs> it's like right. so weird, <laughs> but like, are taking me, I kid you not, they're taking me months and months to do. Uh And it's like, I'm like channeling some sort of like cosmic energy or something. But it's like, if I I think if I didn't have the space where and how I have it, I don't know that I could give that work the time that it's taking. Being able to have that workspace, I mean, makes a huge, huge difference. And and, Mm -hmm. and it's absolutely relevant to like, you're just sort of topic of even like, how do you even do it? Like, how, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you be an artist and how do you continue to be an artist? And like, for me, having this dedicated space inside of a live work lot oh. has been like a huge part of that. Absolutely. An, yeah. Massive. Well, like yeah. I know for you, you have that beautiful workspace and I mean, someday I'm going to interview you actually, mm-hmm. and you're going to tell me all about that beautiful <laughs> space you have all where you work space. behind your house. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Every time I see your videos of that, I'm like, I just want to go to LA. <laughs> Sunshine. Come oh. to LA. <laughs> but we are, we're, you know, we're so, we're so lucky and I'm so grateful. And then there's also the reality that like, well, we kind of demanded like, like setting yourself up and insisting on having that mm-hmm. workspace. I realized that when my daughter was born and I didn't have a studio at that time. And I had just come out of like a million years of school. Like I was gotten my second degree. And I realized that like, if I'm going to make work, I need a dedicated workspace. And that has been my rule. Like my number uh-huh. one rule is that like, I will always have a studio. End of story. <laughs> so important. Um, yeah. Because absolutely. if I, yeah, if I don't, I won't do the work. And if I don't do the work, I won't nourish my soul. And if I don't nourish my soul, like, you know, we know what those lives look like. We, you see them, you see a world full of that. Yeah. I don't want to be another, I don't want to be another person who's just like, you know, unhappy. Like who does that? Who's like, I want to be unhappy. I know, right? Like, I, know. I know, but we I make choices sometimes. We get married to, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. Well, I, so, yeah, and we get married to our complaints. Absolutely. Well, so along those lines, yeah. I'm actually going to ask you the question that I'm so curious about. Was there a time where you did really question this path as an artist? 
we were talking about prioritizing workspace and all that. Like, was there a question where, was there a point where maybe it just seemed too hard or, you know, like a turning point, something that you struggled with that had an effect sort of moving forward? It's, this is such an important question. And this is why I think that like your podcast, like I'm going to listen to what every single artist you interview has to say on this, because, you know, we really, we really do reaffirm each other in sort of our commitment to this work in the world. And absolutely. Mm -hmm. I like, there was a point at which I questioned this work and that was like, I mean, multiple points, many, many times. I know. That's how I was like, like, how do you choose? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, which one? And you know, what's amazing. And I think this happens and it was a real turning point for me when I got that, like, yeah, I am like not young and I'm, I know that what I have to offer is a, is a contribution. I know that I'm good at what I do and I'm just getting better, but it's not like I came out of art school and was like discovered and it's a meteoric rise to the top. Right. Which right. is like everybody's dream. Right. And the turning point was when I really got, and I wish I could, I wish I could attribute you know, the book or the conversation or who it was that really got me to see this, but that it was that your art career is a marathon. Mm. And when, yeah. And like that made all the difference for me because I realized it was just about, like, it was going to be about stamina Uh and it was going to be about commitment. And it was going to be about like seeing it as like the long, it's like the long road (laughs) and that there's, you know, and that there's nothing wrong with that. And that, and then getting, you know, getting established enough in the art world, like having enough experience, like doing enough shows, meeting enough people to come to realize like time and again, talking to artists who are, and especially those people who you're like, are like more successful and you're like, how did you get there? And they don't even necessarily A, see themselves as that successful. And B, it's so true. And it's like, it's literally, you get where you are by putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And like, and I suppose, like, it's like, it's so simple. And we just like, don't, we all expect like some, like, there's this idea that some helicopter like arrives at your doorstep and transports <laughs> you to like, you know, to like where you want to be in life. And it's just like, you get mature enough. And I think it is, I think I like the word maturity for mm-hmm. a lot of things, but for this in particular, where you get mature enough to realize that like, no, it's like you get someplace by putting one foot in front of the other and just continuing on. So true. And then that, you know, yeah, it's great, <clears throat> Susan. And I know you get this too. And it's like, it sounds so woo-woo and annoying to be like, it's about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it is, it is. <laughs> it is. And it's just like, oh shit, this is it. This is it. Like this moment. Like this I don't is, think there's anything this is, woo this is, about that, you know? That's just, that is actually the truth of life, you know? Like, you never arrive at that thing. And it's, you know, the, the narrative arc, you know, it's it's artificial. Like, the, the narrative only ends when the story ends, and then there just is nothing, you know? Like, 
otherwise well, or you know you wake up in a bed in another life and you're like that was a weird dream <laughs> which is kind of like I know, which is kind also, of like lately yes, like possible. terrifying it's like as terrifying as the idea of ultimate nothingness is that like you just wake up again and again like in the morning like oh my god <laughs> like every life <laughs> wow yeah, in, uh-huh. in the multiverse i know so mm-hmm. yeah that's like that's almost a mic drop but let's not Let's not stop there. (laughs) Let's keep going. But I agree with you. And it's about, I think, so much of what has kept me going as an artist. And, you know, because I have questioned it, you know, I've questioned it so many times. Mm -hmm. And has really been, like you're saying, the, like, arc of the narrative is, like, the story, how I'm framing what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So really the story I'm telling myself about my life and my journey and my path and my work in the world has yeah. completely and utterly transforms my motivation Absolutely. or like sucks me drive of it. Like just, it will take my motivation and throw mm-hmm. it under a bus, you know, at which point I'm like, Oh, I need to do, I need to get my head. Like I need to get my head straight. Right. And usually that's a symbol too, is like, you know, it's funny. Like you think of these, I think of some of these things as woo woo, but you're right. They're really very pragmatic. It's almost like the more, strangely, the yeah. more, yeah, is the more out there I get, the more it just comes down to like, oh, I just need a good breakfast and a long walk. Right. <laughs> you know, like I, just, I need to like go sit by some water for a moment or I need to, you know, mm-hmm. do some, you know, do some exercise. Like, hello, you've always been so, um, yeah. such a good role model for that too. I remember you saying that like you were getting through things in your life by running at one point and I was just like, oh yeah. So That's true. So oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. Well, yeah. I think some people are very physically oriented like that too. Like the physical, I think you know, really affects your emotional state and your perspective. Um, I, don't, I think I the machine is, the machine is de- designed that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think some people, I mean, some people are more physical than others. They're kinesthetic learners and they're tactile. Like I am one of those people for sure. And I do think that the design of the human body requires movement every mm-hmm. day. Like I just think if you're not getting that and then you're like, I'm not rah, rah, you know, it's right. like, well, yeah, it is the design well. of the body. It's like being like, you know, it's like you're hungry because you didn't eat food. Like you're you're grumpy or you don't feel well because you're not moving your body. Like that's all. That's like another podcast though. Like we're now. <laughs> I know, right? Well, there are so many topics that come into it. You know, how do we keep it? How do we keep it going? You know, how, what is it? What is the mechanism? Because there are a lot of different ways to go. And and like you were talking about, you know, this realization that it's the, you know, the marathon, not the sprint. And and I think that's one reason why this topic is so interesting to me, because I think it's the illusion, like the stories that we're told that we grow up with. I don't know who tells us these stories, you know, that of course you're going to have this get out of school, get the gallery, stay in that forever, be represented and then die and have a retrospective. Like, I don't know where that idea ever really came from because I don't, does that ever happen? <laughs> like, that's not a real I think thing, it does you know? happen. It does, it does happen, happen some sometimes, people. I guess. Yeah. I know some people who got picked up like right out of school really mm-hmm. early, but at this stage, like decades down the road too, mm-hmm. they're not, most of them that I know are not necessarily having the most spectacular careers either. And I think there is that kind of thing where you can look, you look at like, if there's no way, but like sort of either maintaining a sort of pinnacle success that you achieve early on or Mm -hmm. downhill, if there's nowhere to go, but downhill from here, I mean, that impacts our motivation as well. Right. And people get, (laughs) people get, yeah, people get fearful and they get kind of stuck in what they're doing. I mean, 
I, you know, I had, I had, it did, I had quite a bit of success and was really well received for the first sort of big public art project I did. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, you have to do the monster project all over the world forever, like for everyone. And I realized like that would be another thing that would kind of like, would make me dead inside. Uh And I'm not knocking artists who do the same thing over and over for decades. Like that's with some slight variation, like they found a thing and that's great for them. But like for me, like Mm -hmm. I am, I have to constantly mix it up. Like I'm constantly changing it up. And it actually took a long time for me to even get that I had like an, like that there really was like an umbrella or an arc to like all of my work and like the way in which it all related. And again, I really do think that that comes down to that narrative, like what you tell yourself about what you're doing and why you're doing it the way you're doing it, why you've done it the way you've done it. And that that's all malleable. Like you can change your story. Mm-hmm. And even the, you know, everything we're saying about like having a good breakfast and going out for a walk or run or whatever, doing yoga or like whatever it is that like helps you, helps your brain chemistry right. create like an, a narrative that's actually motivating rather than demotivating, I think is crucial for artists. Like it's just crucial, especially those of us who get creative. I get creative bursts sometimes and more in the, I'm more than I used to, but like my creative bursts don't happen on a, like a nine to five schedule. Like they're really not, <laughs> they're really not conducive to that either. So like, I really have to be in like self care, which is, I know like a bit of a loaded mm-hmm. term, but like, Mm-hmm. I really have to take good care of myself and try to set things up uh-huh. so that I can take advantage of like when the inspiration, when the motivation is there. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many times, Susan, I really have been like, I'm good. That's it. I give up. I'm giving up. There's no, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? No one's seeing this or no one this or that. And usually those moments, it turns out were, they were distorted uh, negativity. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't, they weren't accurate tests of reality. They were just me being down, which happens. Uh-huh. But I think that's the thing about the marathon, right? Is this just like how many times when you're running a marathon, do you want to like stop? And right. that's when people run marathons. They, there are people who like, will like walk a little bit of a marathon, you know, but the, the, the key, I guess, is to just not stop completely. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So that, I think that's really, that's really kind of, I think the yeah, most that sounds like, uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds me. like a really important takeaway to keep, keep moving. You know, I, I remember one friend in New York saying, you know, she was working all the time and you know, like her thing was to try to just do one thing every day, you know, whatever. And I, and I've tried to do that, although I don't know if I've ever really been successful, but you know, to do a little drawing or to spend a little time doing something, you know, just to keep your hand in it, just to keep connected to it. Well, so... Yeah, and I think what that looks like for different people looks different. Like, I can't, I can't do a drawing every day. Like, there's no way. Like, that's the, that would not work for me at all. And uh-huh. partly, too, because I'm doing all these other things. Like, now, and now, and now I'm, like, thrown a YouTube channel on top of it, Right. Which is just funny and great. I'm actually having so much fun with that. And, and it is stimulating, like, my creativity in, like, other ways. I think, like, you need to find what nourishes your creativity, but that keeps momentum for you. Like well, I know, I think that's like, so important. You know, Absolutely. I know you, and I know some other people who've even who have taken, like taking time off is you know it's not necessarily stopping. It just again, it just depends. You know what you tell yourself about what you're doing and why. 
Well, so it sounds like you've also found that sort of like diversifying what you do has kind of kept things interesting for you too. As somebody who has many interests, you know? (laughs) Yeah. How did that kind of happen for you where you sort of follow these other, because I know you you, uh, have been really working on your feng shui work and all this other work. So like, how did that kind of come out or relate to sort of your path on your art practice? It's funny, like, I know. And with the feng shui thing too, like, right. I'm like trying to write a book right now, which is like, it's like, how is this going to, how is this going to happen? But it, it, it is going to happen because it has to happen. And I think it's Mm -hmm. about, for me, it's about really learning how to ride the waves of energy when they come Mm -hmm. and trying to set things up. So I have as much flexibility as possible. But Uh like one thing I observed in the art world was that almost everybody was like, they had their, you know, they were like an adjunct professor somewhere teaching art to art students. And like, and that was great for like their kind of like art network and they're always immersed in it. And then they go and they'd have their studio and they just do, and they had their like, there was, it was a very, it's a very, it's like it's enclosed kind of scene. Right. And Uh that was just never going to work for me. Like, I just, I knew that I would, again, like, come to talk about, like, this idea of being sort of dead inside. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just, I need uh, stimulation from all these different areas. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a, a, like, a day job, right? Which is, this is something that people, like, a lot of times don't talk about. I actually read, at some point, I read um, Sharon Loudon's book, mm-hmm. Living and Sustaining a Creative Life. Okay. Which was great. I remember like my friend David Humphrey, like is in that book and stuff. And like, I, you know, we've been friends for a while and Mm -hmm. I found out all this stuff from reading this book. I was like, I didn't know that about (laughs) you, David, you know, where, you know, and there were like a bunch of people in there that kind of like, you know, like you knew about their careers to a degree. And like Jen Dalton is like another one who's person whose work I'd followed for some years. And then it was like absolutely a revelation Mm -hmm. to find out like how they were sustaining you know being an artist and it's not talked about but that almost every artist even ones who are quote you know very successful on paper Mm -hmm. or what have you are not necessarily making a living Mm -hmm. off of their work alone you got to find something there that you know affords you still like the energy but then also the resources to Mm -hmm. do you know to fulfill your passion as an artist and uh, for me that that became the feng shui consulting because it was something uh-huh. that it was like I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And then also it turns out it's just like energy and space and, and, you know, moving objects around a lot of that. And then also using color um, yeah, because color absolutely. vibration or frequency. So like, it was kind of like, it all sort of nourished, you know, work I was doing anyway, sort of compositionally and then, then, you know, installation. And then, you know, again, like color as a remedy, Mm-hmm. became very interesting to me. I mean, color, you know, it has a frequency, it has an emotional, it creates an emotional thing. And then in, in the context of feng shui, that's all about actually the five elements of like Chinese medicine. Because essentially a lot of what feng shui is, you're balancing the five elements in space mm-hmm. um, in order to bring, to heal any, any disease so that you bring harmony of the, the energy into that space. And all of that started to just, after some years of doing that professionally and working as an artist like it uh-huh. all just started to like spill over well, and then I, was I really say, you yeah. know the connection between your work and as, as you were saying you know remedy and healing and color I mean yeah it all sounds like you know 
like there's a lot of relationship between these things. But totally. And like, and the thing, and that's the beauty too of like, I love what you said, Susan, like when you said the arc of the narrative, because it's like, it is like that arc. It's like that allowing for the space of a life path mm-hmm. to unfold. And, you know, it requires, oh, yeah. it does require like trust and faith and then, and then determination. But then it also requires like being a little bit less controlling than uh-huh. I want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, if I hadn't listened to A, that I need, you know, need something that makes more money than this mm-hmm. did, you know, like for, you know, like there are, as people will tell you, like as an artist, like there are just dry spells. Like yeah. sometimes everybody's buying everything. And then sometimes it's just like, uh, like uh-huh. rickets. Uh-huh. And so, you know, meeting that, meeting that thing on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And then for me, like actually being like a, you know, realistic about that being like, okay, well, here are my skills. Here's what I could, here's what I really have to offer. Here's my expertise. Mm-hmm. And then, and then having that actually nourish my artwork as yeah. I think like an extraordinary thing. And again, I, you know, that's of course born inside of the commitment. Like I wasn't like, oh, well now I'm giving up my artwork and I'm just going to go do feng shui consulting. And I think that that, Interesting. like it, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's, I don't believe in that there are true artists and then people who are just hobbyists whatever. Like, I don't Mm. believe in that, Mm -hmm. but I do believe in life path. And I do believe that that's the co-creation, like between us and our will and our self-determination and then just the world around us. Mm -hmm. And I do know in my heart of hearts that being an artist is part of my life path Uh and I will always be and that's something that's just come now out. I guess it's something that comes being sort of like a, a refinement of the self sort of born out of the fire of the, the almost incessant for a while doubt. Like I really doubted. I just kept doubting it over and over and over mm-hmm. again for years. And then I finally have now come to this place where I mean, maybe I've just hardened but like let's call it like I've crystallized that you know sure like, resolve yeah. I like it yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a bit was that tangential I'm sorry I like no when, not at uh, all actually no 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 I mean that is actually yeah. kind of the kind of the whole I don't to me that's sort of the gist of the question too you know like what happened after all this questioning you know and and what you're saying is that you know it sounds like a you found peace with it and resolve with the fact that it's inconsistent and it's about questioning and also, you know, found your feng shui work and the way that that relates to your work as well. You know, that there's resilience in this like diversification too. I do. I think that you have to nourish. You have to make sure that you're being nourished. And there's a point at which if something isn't nourishing you, then you have to sort of like look elsewhere and go elsewhere. And I think that that's too, like, I think there yeah. maybe are like artists out there, um, if, you know, listening right now. And if like, when I remember there was a point at which I, my art career had like lost all its joy uh-huh. and I like woke up to that thing. So I was like doing a seminar about, you know, like, I don't know, something like finding your joy or something. And living passionately. And uh-huh. I realized like, oh my God, like I am like, all I'm bringing to my art career right now is like the like drudgery. And it was like, what 
could I possibly contribute to the world if this is the energy inside of which I'm like creating and then me like, here it is. And like, how can you expect to be magnetic and like, you know, attract any of the opportunities you want from inside a place of like, uh, this is so hard. I right. It's, and so, yeah. So like, I really had to do, I really had to reframe too. Like, well, what, what will nourish me right now if it's uh-huh. not my art career? And then, Hmm. And then from being nourished from those other things, then okay. that, then that ended up sort of feeding my career. And that, you know, and this other thing I want to say too about uh-huh. this that occurs to me, and this is really speaking, I think to hmm. some, maybe some of your younger listeners or people who are just, actually, you don't have to be young to be like starting out to be like, I want to, I've been making art and I want to professionalize it because I know like, you right. know, I had, my daughter was 10. Mm-hmm. before I really got out like as a unquote professional, which is really when I started to meet you and, and, and mm-hmm. explore the New York, you know, the New York art world. And, mm-hmm. but for all those 10 years, I had been rigorously making work. So, you know, uh-huh. so like had this body of work, but then there was that next level of like getting it out there. Uh-huh. And I think there, you know, and I think, and that can be very discouraging or like, that's a real gray area. And especially there's all these sort of weird protocols you know, mm-hmm. in the art world and like navigating that. And then so many of us are just socially awkward to begin with. Like I'm <laughs> such a like I'm such a nerd, you know, like like I'm kind of this thing where like it, it would be so much better if I didn't open my mouth half the time, but like I can't I can't help it. You know, if I just like walked in somewhere and like looked good, it would serve me so much more. But I, I Yeah, it doesn't work. I'm that like, way, no, then. I gotta talk about Star Trek. Yeah, you know, like uh-huh. Yeah, it's. I know it doesn't. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm thinking about actually about how much fun we had sometimes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Gotta be you, right? Well, I yeah. mean, you have to. I mean, that's that's kind of the deal in the end. You know, like you feel like the these expectations, which seem very unrealistic, actually are right. <laughs> like it's not. It's just never going to be realistic for us to show up and somehow pretend to be somebody else either. Oh my God. And it's a disaster. When I try to be cool, people think I am so arrogant. Like it's the worst. Like people are just like that woman, you know? And I'm just like, and meanwhile, I'm just like trying desperately to be cool as I'm not, I'm just not. And I finally, I think that's one of the gifts too. It's like, I finally just, I've crystallized in being like a total spaz. Oh, it's the best thing though. I love it. I love it. It, and whatever, like I'm just bright and like, and I'm enthusiastic. And as you know, like, I mean, particularly in the New York art world, right? Like being enthusiastic, people are like, what's wrong with you? What are you so excited about? <laughs> well, and I'm just like, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. You're not, you're not totally beaten down. And that seems weird. I don't know. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Shine. No, no. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. And like, uh-huh. I'm excited to meet you. And like, and then one of the things that started happening for me after kind of like really persevering and showing up was mm-hmm. that, that reality of just being who I was did in fact actually start to attract the people in that community. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like there's the discouragement, but it's really like, it's just, you're just looking in the wrong place. Uh-huh. So like I now have a community and I think this is part of it too. And this is very, this is like very pragmatic. Like this is very just real, which is that like, I'm now at a point in my career where there is, you know, there's like a certain inertia to like a trajectory where like, as long as I just sort of keep doing what I'm doing, like things are, things are moving. And that, that is born entirely out of community and like building that community. 
And I realized, you know, I was thinking, um, so important, you know, how much it's so important. Like I went in, I'm on clubhouse now and like, it's, um, you know, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Like it's fun. Mm -hmm. Like on the one hand, I'm doing these like woo woo rooms, which are like amazing. Like there's so much really good, like kind of like new age spiritual talk. on clubhouse. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Like every Thursday at 2 PM, New York time, like I'm like Uh in a room with these like super high vibe, like people were talking, like literally talking about crystals and it's like blowing my mind. It's amazing. And then there's like, yeah. And then there's like these art rooms and I go into this Mm -hmm. art room the other day and Uh like, it's like my buddies, like, and I forgot, it's like all these people. And then I'm like, re like, seriously, like, I mean, and the loveliest, like loveliest, loveliest people. I mean, like, and I'm like, wow, I actually know all these people and like have worked with them and like, they're beautiful. And I haven't seen them because there haven't been gallery openings and stuff for the last year, but like, but like they're here. Oh and my that's God, a community. that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it is huh. amazing. It is. And, like, oh, and that is a that. huge part. You do have to get in. I'll bring you in. <laughs> and, and, okay. But it's also like, Susan, it really is that like, that also keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sure. we have, the, and like, even now, like I can have these days where I'm just like, maybe I should just focus on the, you know, the feng shui and tarot readings on mm-hmm. YouTube and, mm-hmm. you know, and like, you know, what am I still working on these paintings for? Like, or, you know, honestly, like I'm, we're, I'm going to, I'm about to start budgeting and fundraising for like a project I'm doing. We were invited by the European Cultural Center to do a thing concurrent with the Venice Biennale. And, Uh and it's like, it's, I know, right. It's amazing, but it's like kind of big and like, it's a lot of effort. But my friend, you know, like I have this idea with um, the artist Vanessa Albury to do this thing called the dream machine. And it's Mm going to be about inviting people in and different contexts for creating a possibility for their lives. Like I'm all about now Mm -hmm. about cracking people's heads open when they're in like that suspension of disbelief you bring to art. Like I'm like, oh, oh, oh." I'm (laughs) like, I'm getting into that crack. I'm like, I'm already like, I'm like, that sounded so bad the way I said that. (laughs) But Right. No, but, but <laughs> not but, that crack. The but, other one. Hey, not that crack. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm trying to get at is that, like, that's a big. That's going to really take a lot, a lot of energy. And so uh-huh. part of me is like, oh, you know, should I not do it? And then when I get into this room on Clubhouse, and I'm like, oh, my art buddies, like uh-huh. my community, like, like I'm in this world. I've built this foundation. I'm like, there's there's context and trajectory, and it's like, it. of yeah. course, I'm going to keep moving right. forward. Right. Of course. And like the amount of effort it's going to take to be in Venice in 2022, like, and to do this thing, it's like a seven month long project. Like that is without a doubt, that kind of thing. Like, you know, when you have inertia and then like, there's a force that's like extra energy and then it kind of catapults you into like with more, to have more velocity. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm talking about physics. I don't know if that's boring, but (laughs) this is that, like, this is that Uh kind of thing. And like, it's like, do you say no to putting that energy out? And really like people are really good at wanting stuff, but they're not really great at like that realizing that like the energy you put out is the energy that comes back to you in one form or another. Mm -hmm. And like having to realize that about like, you know, being an artist is in so many ways, so much more rewarding than so many other things you can do. So of course it's harder. Uh Of course, of course it asks more. Yeah. Really. And like being okay with that, like getting that and like (laughs) recognizing that like, yeah, this is going to, on so many levels, this is going to take more than just showing up for some job. Mm, And it is going to be that much more rewarding. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss one. If you're enjoying these conversations, it really helps spread the word when you rate and review a podcast. I'd love you to help me share these inspiring journeys with more people all over the world. If you'd like to get in touch with me or learn more about my work, you can find me at SusanMaddoxStudio.com or on Instagram at SusanMaddoxStudio. Do join us again for more stories of resilience from the creative frontline here on Art Rebound with me, Susan Maddox. Bye.